Want a bank that was ranked among the top in the nation for business banking? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. Sewers on the Boulevard. We're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. Stephanie Regal is a broadcaster and editor of Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. We like to think of South Louisiana as the food capital of the world, and certainly we're known for our cuisine. But just because someone knows how to prepare good food doesn't mean they know how to turn their culinary talent into a successful restaurant catering operation or food-related venture. Our guest today would be the first to admit that. They're food entrepreneurs who are going to share with us the way they've navigated the gulf between making good food and making money at it. My first guest is Amin Walker, who's relatively new to the food side of being a food entrepreneur, though not new to business. Amin is the owner of First Financial of Baton Rouge, a tax preparation and business consulting firm. Since early this year, he's also been the owner of Everything Philly, a restaurant near the north gates of the LSU campus that specializes in the classic dishes of Philadelphia, Walker's hometown. It's a really cool story. Can't wait to hear about it. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me today. Thanks for being here. My next guest is the epitome of a food entrepreneur, Jay Ducote, a local celebrity who has built a brand around his penchant for cooking and eating. His Bite and Booze website and blog is almost seven years old now and has grown to more than 30,000 followers through aggressive use of social media. Jay has also launched a line of barbecue sauces, hosts a radio show, and has made it to the finals of the Food Network's show Food Network Star. And everybody in Baton Rouge and everywhere around Louisiana was cheering you on, Jay. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I, I still feel the cheers. It's, it's pretty cool. I know cool. you do. Well, welcome to Out to Lunch. Amino, I want to start with you. You have several successful businesses under your belt, including companies that do lending, property management, first financial what made you want to get into the restaurant business? <laughs> Didn't you have enough on your plate? I actually, when I was an undergrad, I ran a convenience store that also had a kitchen. It's called Wawa, very popular up north. Mm -hmm. And I did that the entire time I was an undergrad. And then while I was in graduate school, I worked well, at a bank during the day who paid for grad school. But at night, I also managed an IHOP for three years. Oh, wow. So I love the cooking. I love the food. Uh, and... You know, the restaurant just came about as a natural thing for me to do. I actually enjoy it more than sitting behind a desk. Well, I can see that because I don't like sitting behind a desk. But, but I mean, you do have like like real estate and financial type companies. And Correct. this is a definitely a different direction. Correct. Why now or last year, you know, whenever you, you started working on this? Sure. Um, as you mentioned, we have a... You know, we have a group, my wife and, and myself, and I partner with Tyrus Thomas, who people know from LSU Basketball, sure. uh, who I met several years ago, and we, we decided to partner up on several several different projects. 
And, uh, you know, each one of those businesses is up and running and doing well. We tease that we can go on vacation and nobody, <laughs> nobody calls us or texts us. Uh, and so those are things that we did. But, you know, I've always missed the food, and I wanted the food. And my wife and I are constantly flying up to Philadelphia to get the cheesesteaks and to get the pizza. And, uh, and so we just decided, you know what, everything else is running smoothly. Let's go ahead and venture out into this next area. So everything Philly, you do cheesesteaks, you do this pizza you were telling me about. What, what else is on the menu? We do a, and, and everything is very old because Philadelphia, of course, is the oldest city. So we, we, everything is very old. So the cheesesteaks we do, we fly in Amoroso Rolls, which is a 100-year-old bread company from mm. Philadelphia. And we use old Philadelphia meat, which is the 100-year-old uh, company from that. And then we do the pizza, which is a Greek style. And we fly the flour and the, and the cheese mix and everything from up there. And we make the sauce in-house. And then we also have a Burke's hot dog, which is, a, which is about an 80-year-old uh, quarter pound beef large hot dog that's just wonderful everybody that tries it says they've never had anything like it before um of course we have the sides that go along with it we have something that's called a stromboli which is sort Part of, of like stromboli. a calzone on steroids uh-huh. uh, and then our biggest actually our the thing that we're selling the most of right now is philadelphia water ice which is a it's really hard to describe it's a smooth creamy dessert sort of the consistency of a sherbet Okay, I was going to say like a gelato a little bit. Uh, sort of, except the fact that, and, and I hate to tell people this before they actually try it, but there's no dairy, no gluten, no cholesterol, no fat. So no calories? Are, it sounds no, wonderful. there are calories, no cholesterol, <laughs> okay. and no fat, but there are calories. Um, but they're, they're simple burning calories, which is a good thing. And we've actually, I mean, mm-hmm. we literally sold over 8,000 water rices in the first four weeks. People, once they get it, just keep coming back and back for it. That is so fantastic. So the restaurant's doing well. You've been open since January. Uh, actually, we just had our grand opening April the 2nd, six weeks ago. Oh, so we're, and I did forget one new. thing on the menu because South Louisianans love this. You know, f- funnel cakes originated in Philadelphia. So we now actually I think funnel of funnel cakes, cakes as carnival food. That's correct. Tell me that there's a better version than when you get when you <laughs> Well, what makes it better is is the mix. And okay. so the the recipe that I use is from Lancaster County, which is where the Pennsylvania Dutch are and they're yes. the ones that brought the funnel cakes to the US. And before we started taping, you told me that you fly your flour down from Philadelphia. Correct. Is there yeah. a dif- discernible difference in Philadelphia flour? Actually, there is. This flour is actually a blend that General Mills only makes for the Philadelphia area. You cannot get it from anywhere else. So I actually have to, I have a, a there's a pizza place in Ardmore, which is my hometown, and it's their recipe that we're using for the pizza. Um, so they actually will only ship it to him, and then I have to ship it from him down here to us. But wow. it makes all the difference in the world. That is so interesting. It's like people who say that the New Orleans French bread is really better because of the water. And I don't know mm-hmm. if that's true or not. Jay, I want to bring you in here. Wh- what do you think about Philadelphia food in South Louisiana? Well, I, I think it's a great market for it because it, it's something different. I think one thing that we do extremely well here is Louisiana food. But even people in Louisiana want to experience other cuisines and we want to eat different things. And um, Philadelphia food is is different, and and there's certainly things like a Philly cheesesteak that are very notable, and, and this water ice, the Philly ice that you do, um, people that go up to Philadelphia come back raving about it. It's kind of like a 
creamy consistency in a snowball, mm-hmm. uh, what we think of as a snowball or a snow cone, but but the texture is completely different, and it's uh, it's it, it's really a, a cool, refreshing treat. Um, but you know, we we've got a couple Philly cheesesteak shops in town, um, but. This is none close to the campus area, so I think uh, where Amin has opened up uh, there is a, is a really smart move. I think there's a, there's a lot of people around there that are looking for that kind of food. Uh, I was able to go the week of his grand opening, and uh, I think the thing that actually impressed me the most that I wasn't expecting was the pizza. And he's absolutely right about his pizza. That, that was That's one of the best pizzas that you can find in the LSU area for sure. Could be one of the best in town uh, as as things really move forward and, and you know you're you're only six weeks old i mean there's <laughs> there's a i'm sure there's been plenty of learning already uh, in soft opening phases and and getting things ready i'm sure you had no idea you would serve eight thousand uh, portions of, uh, of of the ice in already six so weeks. that's incredible yeah how are you aiming juggling this restaurant business that sounds like it's very time consuming with all of your other companies you know, it's going to sound so cliche, but the bottom line is good people. I, I have. It does I have, sound cliche. Uh, <laughs> I have a young lady that, um, Ashley Smith, who is my COO, and she's only 28 years old. Uh, but you know what? She came to me straight out of college. She's been with me a long time. And all of our employees are, we always joke and say the only time they're going to leave us is if they die. Because <laughs> literally, I mean, all of our employees have been with our companies for so long that they all know what they're doing. You know, it doesn't require the constant every day. Now, there are certain things that I have to do, especially on the consulting side. But, you know, I don't sleep much, so I do a lot of that at night and then let the companies run themselves. Jay, and, and I know you've got your blog, your radio show, all the social media platforms appearing on the Food Network. How how has that changed your whole business operation? You know, Stephanie, it's really been uh, interesting. the The whole journey that I've been on um, has has been pretty crazy, and I, I really, um, I'm, I'm very thankful and very grateful for the opportunities that that I've had. Uh, it, it's definitely a lot of time, and it's a lot of effort. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of people see a lot of the success that I've had recently uh, with national levels of exposure and new people have been introduced to me and my brands and uh, you know they think maybe Food Network made me and they didn't realize how many years You've of been work at this came for a long time. And, um, and, and, and yeah, years of laying a foundation of, of learning the industry. I, I, when I started writing Bite and Booze, it was an online food journal and I, I, I had never been employed in the restaurant world. I had never, I had never worked that side of, of the industry, I, I learned how to cook throwing tailgate parties at LSU, <laughs> and it was just something that I was passionate about. But I was passionate about eating good food and finding new restaurants to take for a lunch break because I was bored at my day job, and that, that's how everything started. And uh, and it grew from there, and I worked really hard to grow it, and I worked really hard to learn the social media mm-hmm. side of it back in 2009, 2010, 2011, when I had a brand that was that was very young, but but I was eager and I was growing something. And uh, in 2011, I, I I did have a big break getting on uh, getting cast on Master Chef on Fox. It was season two of Master Chef. Um, I wasn't on there for very long. Uh, this past year, with Jesse Romero and Avery Kyle representing Baton Rouge very well and making it pretty far on the show, uh, you know they they got way farther in Master Chef than I did. Um, <laughs> 
but you know, fast forward or that same year, but in my life, fast forward and Food Network Star, I was able to get all the way to the end. Now, now you're getting ready to open up your own restaurant inside right. the White Star Market, right? And that's a really interesting concept. This is a concept that's really popping up all over the country. It's very popular right now. It's kind of the the 2015, 2016 answer to declining food trucks. Okay. In a market, especially like Baton Rouge, where we saw a rise of food trucks and now we've really seen a decline and almost no kidding, almost huh? like a disappearance of food trucks. And it's because it's a really tough business. It's because there are still some significant startup costs to it, operational costs. There's food trucks can break down and yeah. then not only does that cost you money to fix your truck, but your, your truck's not on the road. There's all sorts of issues that come with it. And what this food court, this gourmet food hall concept like White Star Market is doing is it's really providing that low startup cost ability for a young culinary entrepreneur to throw their hat in the ring and to jump into something without the the half a million dollars that it takes in startup money to, to open up your own restaurant from scratch, uh, the, the brick and mortar style. And so... Um, it's it, it what it's really done around the country, and what it's definitely doing in Baton Rouge is it's getting young, excited, entrepreneurship-driven chefs and food people to have a platform to to jump into that arena. And 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 I'm so exciting. impressed with how um, how much more diverse the Baton Rouge food scene is than it you know traditionally was, and it was even just 10 years ago. How, how do you all find in the Baton Rouge consumer or the Baton Rouge diner? Are they becoming more sophisticated? That sort would be probably a question <laughs> for Jay. You know, with me not being from Louisiana originally, I mean, I, I've been here 21 years, and certainly when someone asks me where I'm from, I say Louisiana. But, you know, I came here after I left the military in 94. So I was a, a, a lot more traveled. And, um, you know, there are certain things that we don't have here that you can't, you can't get. We don't have an Ethiopian restaurant. We don't have yeah, a... And that's one that I would love uh, to have. You know, Absolutely. So there are different cultures that, you know, that have food that are really, really good that I don't think a lot of people here have even heard of, much less tried. So I'd, I'd love to see some of that. But I, I think I've definitely noticed a difference over the last 20 years of the number of places there are and the different types that are available. Yeah, I, I would completely agree with that. I, I just in the past seven years that I've been writing about everywhere that I've eaten, there's been a lot that has come along. You know, there there are a few places in town that do a really good, authentic Mexican taco. Um, yeah. Mr. Taco out on uh, on Airline Highway uh, is really tasty. And if, then if you go to the Mexican supermarkets like La Moranita on Florida Boulevard or La Tienda over on Segan, but there's not a whole lot of people that go to those places. There's no, people you're that right. are intimidated to walk people into those places. People are intimidated and they really don't like to venture out mm -hmm. of their comfort zone okay. very much. Mm -hmm. But, but I once think they try it, they love it. I mean, absolutely. once they try things. Yeah. I think a lot of people would like to start restaurants, as, sure. as you've done, Amin, and, and you're getting ready to do, Jay, but they don't really have a, a clue. You know, w what is the hardest thing about it? Or what do you have to know? Well, you know, the interesting thing, and this is, um, I'm, I'm, I was glad when I heard Jay say eight to nine months away or so, because, you know, my primary business, and my nickname is BizFixer, um, is, you know, I fix businesses, um, mm -hmm. existing businesses, startup businesses, new and old. 
Um, you know, and the one problem that most people have when they start any type of business is that they don't take enough time to plan and develop it and lay it out on paper. Make your mistakes on paper before you start because trial and error is very expensive. And the restaurant business is even worse than, than that. And so, you know, they have to have a really, really good plan, set up a countdown to the opening of things they need to do along the way. And even with all the years of experience that I have and the huge companies that I consult and fix, I still made mistakes when I did it. Sure. And we planned it for nine months, mm -hmm. literally. And, um, uh, you know, we talked about the pizza, for instance. Uh, I'm telling Jay to come back because we actually have tweaked it because we, we ended up putting in another air unit to remove the humidity because we found that the Louisiana humidity was wreaking havoc on the dough that we make every really? day. And we also had to lower <laughs> the amount of water because the water is different, as you mentioned, from Philadelphia. So mistakes are bound to happen, but you need to be able to reduce those mistakes that you make. And particularly, I suppose, in the restaurant industry, it's, it's unforgivable because if a customer doesn't have a good experience, that's it, especially with social media. Absolutely. Sometimes it you only get one shot with them. Now, mm. if your customer service is good enough, then, you know, they they'll give usually <laughs> give you another chance. But but you're right. It's, it's a very unforgiving business. Yeah, pe people can be very unforgiving, especially when a restaurant just opens and they're in that soft opening phase and they're still working out the kinks and, and they're trying to announce to the public that that's what they're doing. But if somebody comes in and has a bad experience, they're still going to remember that experience. And these days, they're a lot of times still going to post about that experience and write a review based on that experience. And then and it's viral. So I, I think it's really hard to go through that that soft opening phase and just be quiet these days, uh, you know, friends and family for the first couple of days kind of thing. Maybe if you can really keep it to that and, you know, tell them, look, like you are coming in here so we can give the staff a proper training and everything and we're cooking all this food someone needs to eat it but don't post about this yet you know sure. that's when when i open government taco we need to be ready day one with the signature tacos that we're going to put on that menu and the very first customer that we serve on the very first day needs to get our best taco do so you, that, you, that's going to be the goal do you think food people as a rule know enough about business to to do it, to go it alone or do it by themselves? Oh, or do you not. need a business, a person with a business background to partner with? I think that's a big part of it for sure. A and I think it's one mistake that a lot of people make. It's also one thing that I, I do a lot of work with the Louisiana Culinary Institute here in town and they do a tremendous job of putting people through culinary school and they learn the food side of the business. But that does not mean that those people are ready to open their own business and to manage, uh, do everything and do the costing and the, the purchasing and uh, the staffing and, and, and pricing and everything else that goes into the business operations, not just making food sure. and not, not just making food and selling food, but actually making sure that you're running a, a profitable business. I mean, uh, your and experience. That's a big part of it has probably helped you with that, although it's still oh, early? I, I, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I would say that we were probably, you know, in a lot better shape than other people trying to do this because, you know, it's just nature and it's not, you know, it's not only the food people, it's doctors and lawyers and everybody else. They get degrees and then they think they hang a shingle, they can run a business and, 
it is not the same. That is so true. That's uh, such a good so point. That's a very good point. So, you know, they, they need to realize that they're, you know, and I'm not saying come to First Financial. I'm <laughs> saying come wherever. Find somebody that yeah. understands business because, you know, there are a lot of people that are very good at what they do. Uh, electricians or plumbers are very good at what they do. But how many business classes have they ever taken mm-hmm. to, to do some of the things that Jay has mentioned? Um, and those are what's going to make or break your your business. You know, we talk about 50% of businesses closed in the first year, but it's more like 69% for restaurants. Wow. And and so that tells you that they are a tougher business to be in. So you really do need to take care of the business side of the business as well. What do you guys think we need to do to kick the Baton Rouge food scene to the next level? What are we lacking here? More, more everything Phillies? Um, it's a good question. Um, we have come a long way and i think we are seeing a lot of progress in certain pockets of town um government street is really coming along when white star market is there when curbside burgers is there when the beer garden that is planned opens up gute restaurant just opened hopefully they're extremely successful uh if that whole development of the bike paths and the changing of the lane structures up and down government, and we really see uh, a, you know a, a different part of mid city there, I think that's the kind of growth that can then foster in additional changes to a food scene. I, I think one thing that that I kind of dislike about our food scene right now is that while we have a really wide variety a lot of people don't know about it because it's all very pocketed mm-hmm. all the vietnamese restaurants in town are in the same part of way down yes. florida boulevard that certain people don't want to go to kind of like i was talking about with the authentic mexican food here not the tex-mex i'm not talking about superior grill and la Coretta. <laughs> i'm talking about the tacos that you can go get at la moranita and the queso fundido that they have at la tienda but people don't go in those places because they're they're Latin supermarkets mm-hmm. that have taquerias in them, and people are afraid. Well, the same thing. My favorite Vietnamese restaurant in town is called Dang's Vietnamese Restaurant. It's right by Vin Fat, which is an amazing uh, Vietnamese supermarket. But there are people that won't venture that far down Florida Boulevard. I would love to see a Vietnamese restaurant open up on Government yep. Street in Mid City, so people actually realize that we have that kind of food in town. We have great Thai food, we have great Vietnamese food. There are certainly other ethnic foods that I would love to have in there. You, you mentioned Ethiopia, and I think that would be fantastic. Mm. I think there's, there's a lot that we could still strive to kind of increase the diversity of our food scene. How um, do we make that, how do we make that happen, Amy? We have to change, we have to change the people. Um, you know, and their and their view of the food. Um, you, w- like Jay said, we have some very good food here, but I'm going to tell you it's a unique experience for me because I grew up in Philadelphia. I don't like seafood. I've never eaten seafood. <laughs> really? Um, and so that knocks me out of 80% of the restaurants because they don't offer a second choice of anything. Um, and then you combine that with the fact that my dad, um, you know, raised us Muslim, even though I'm Methodist now, I still, I never ate pork and I don't have a taste for it. So I don't like it. Okay. So now eliminate pork and seafood from your menu and w- <laughs> so where can you much. possibly eat it? <laughs> right. And why are you in because Louisiana <laughs> at that point? <laughs> <laughs> because there's still the other 20% is still very good. Um, but seriously, I mean, people need to understand and need to try different things. And, you know, I would, I would guess that 
most of the people in Baton Rouge, well, I can't say that, I'm, I'm just guessing, but I would, I would say a lot of the people in Baton Rouge have never eaten, even eaten, tried Vietnamese food. Yeah, I would uh, guess you're they right. They haven't tried this or that. So, uh, you know, we need to change our perspective. We need to have a paradigm shift and, and try some different things out. And I think that would, that would increase things because people just, they seem to go to the same place over okay. and over and over. No over doubt. Again. We only have time for about one more question. Tell me, I mean, what is your long-term goal for, for everything Philly? And within the context of your other companies, do you hope sure. to grow it and, and expand it, maybe franchise one day? Do you want to sell it? And, and, and that has actually shifted a little bit even since we started, which shows you how well, you know, a, a plan, even if it's laid out, can change. Um, we actually had plans to have five of these open by the end of 2017. Okay. Uh, you know, the other end of town towards Segan, somewhere that way, um, maybe out in Prairieville, Denham maybe you know out in central or zachary or somewhere out there um but you know we've learned from just the first six weeks that what we're selling more than anything of the is the ice so what we're really we're, we're shifting our plan and we're going to open another uh full service one out in that seeg in that end of town which would make it more convenient for people on that side uh, but beyond that we plan on opening we started a new company called everything philly ice express no kidding and we're going to do like the baskin robbins in a shopping center you know, open every day, not like snowball stands that are closed and closed down for the year. Uh, and we are just going to do ice. And I, I mean, I think that Baton Rouge could probably great. support 10 of those. Um, we don't have <laughs> plans to franchise at this point. Um, we don't need to franchise. We can do it ourselves. Um, and beyond that, we will look at, um, at that point, franchising the Everything Philly Ice Express. Great idea. Well, good luck with that. And Thank you're going to you. continue to operate your, your existing companies. Yes. Very good. All right. Yes. What about Jay Cody? Are you, are you, you've got your restaurant, you've got all your operations. Are you hoping to get back on the food network? Uh, you expand your products into the grocery stores? We didn't even talk um, about your sauces. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the product line is definitely something that I'm looking to expand. <coughs> um, the, the barbecue sauce and molasses mustard are out right now. We've got a new vintage of my wine that I work with Langey Vineyards on that's coming out soon. And I also have a barbecue dry rub that is going to be launching very soon in the next few weeks um, and so that's very exciting just to have more products in the portfolio and um, be expanding into more stores we uh, we just got picked up by about 30 rouse's supermarkets uh, and we're doing more expansion into the new orleans market and that's going to get me there more to be doing tastings and demos and things like that um, the, so the product line is a, is a big part of what I'm focusing on now and is a whole lot of fun. Uh, I was also recently invited to cook at the James Beard House in New York uh, and do a LSU-inspired tailgate party dinner at the James Beard House. Uh, it's a huge honor. It's huge. A, Congratulations. It's, 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 I think I, I'm having trouble even grasping uh, how big it is uh, for, s for somebody like me who still still doesn't have a restaurant. And when <laughs> I do, it's going to be a taco shop and a market um, to be invited to cook at the James Beard House and to represent Louisiana food and to represent uh, LSU tailgating food at the James Beard House. A, a big honor. So that's going to be in July, and we're going to be doing some practice and preview dinners here uh, july 8th at the louisiana culinary institute is going to be one of those uh, we're going to we're going to do a dinner for 80 people there just like we'll do in new york so we can get really get a a practice run at all the prep that it's going to take and all the the cooking that it's going to take to to execute the dinner that we're doing so that's a big honor and certainly getting back on national tv uh is something that that i would really like to do and hopefully uh it'll happen soon and um 
you know, we'll see. Trying Sounds to, great. Trying to, trying to make that happen, too. Well, J.D. Cody, Amin Walker, you both are great examples of how the entrepreneurial spirit is alive and well in Baton Rouge. And what you're doing in the food world is truly impressive. So thanks for sharing your stories on Out to Lunch. Thank you, Stephanie. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Amin Walker of Everything Philly and Jay Ducote of BiteAndBooze.com. You can find out more about Everything Philly and Bite and Booze by following the links on our websites. It's BatonRouge.LA and WRKF.org. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's latest album, Puzzle, is out now. You can find out more about that at mitchellforeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. Want a bank that was ranked among the top in the nation for business banking? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com, member FDIC.